Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811. Hello. 877-381-3811. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not part of the press. I do all of my own research on articles, don't I, Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer digs up clips, but we do this. We don't have a vast research organization. Just little us. And so right before the show began, I was wondering, what was the first article on baby formula shortages? Now, I don't know if I found the first one, but I found one that's three months and one week old. Three months and one week old. By my calculation, that's 13 weeks ago. CNN Business of all places. Lone Gyun is a new mom living in a constant state of anxiety. This is dated February 8th. The Constipated News Network. For the past several weeks following the premature birth of her twins, Maxine and Lawrence, Yen has spent hours every day searching the internet or making phone calls trying to find more baby formula to buy for them. I'm a first-time mother. There's already enough anxiety with that, she said. My husband sees my stress level and he's worried. Nian's twins were born in early December, arriving six weeks early. Six weeks early. Ooh. Are they considered babies? Nonetheless, although breastfeeds, although she breastfeeds them, her milk production isn't enough to nourish both of them sufficiently. Now she's worried the stress is impeding her ability to produce milk even more. The twins require a specialized hypoallergenic formula to help them gain weight and to get nutrients they need. 
I just can't find that formula anywhere, she said. She's doing daily checks at nearby Walmart, Target, CVS stores, only to find the product is either out of stock or on back order, with no clear indication of when it will arrive. She's even had to deal with a confirmed order getting canceled. It's very frustrating and scary, she said. I've been searching for it in towns three hours away from where I live. Why can't I just go into a store and be able to buy formula? Nguyen's concern has been echoed by many parents on Facebook, including those relying on nutrition assistance programs such as the Federal Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, Infants, and Children, WIC. They are sharing stories of their frantic efforts to obtain infant formula. Retailers nationwide have struggled to keep shelves fully stocked with all kinds of everyday necessities as supply chain problems persist, slowing down both production and distribution of goods. At the same time, consumer demand remains robust. According to market research firm IRI, stories, uh, excuse me, stores infant formula inventories in mid-January were down 17 percent mid-January from where they were in mid-February 2020, just prior to the pandemic hitting stores. Drugstore chain Walgreens, which had alerted its customers about isolated formula shortages at stores nationwide in November, in November, said it's still facing tight inventory. November, December, January, February, March, April, May. My calculation, six months ago, 24 weeks ago. We continue to see greater demand for baby formula nationwide. As a result, Walgreens has worked diligently with our suppliers to ensure we have enough supply to cover customer demand, the company said in a statement to CNN Business. The retailer said shoppers could continue to see temporary or isolated shortages or specific formula products. On Amazon, spokesperson said the retailer is working closely with its vendors to get formula products back in stock as quickly as possible. And Walmart said any shortages of formula in its stores were related to capacity issues on the manufacturer's end. Drugstore operator CVS said supply challenges are currently impacting most of the retail industry. We're continuing to work with our national brand baby formula vendors to address this issue. We regret any inconvenience that our customers may be experienced, the company said in a statement. Meanwhile, spokesperson for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which runs WIC, W-I-C, said its food and nutrition services in regular communication with state agencies, and has met with infant formula manufacturers about the issues they're experiencing in their plans for mitigating the supply chain challenges. The spokesperson said WIC agencies, WIC agencies, have been able to resolve localized issues with formal avail- with formula availability, but that the federal agency will continue to closely monitor the situation. For Jennifer Hood, not being able to easily find formula for her eight-and-a-half-month-old daughter, it's more than an inconvenience. Hood, who works as a speech-language pathologist in a newborn ICU at D.C. area hospital, said she was left scrambling to find specialized formula for her baby, who's allergic to cow's milk, lactose intolerant, like moi, when a recent order for it was delayed by over a month. The formula is vital to feed her daughter, who isn't able to tolerate breast milk and has been fed with formula since she was two months old. I drove two and a half hours away to find it, she said, and there was just a can or two left of the formula at the store. So she probably grabbed the two cans and was hoarding, Mr. Producer. Because remember what I said, it's now the fault of the parents, especially you mothers out there. 
Hood said she's aware of families mixing brands or even watering down formula to make it last longer. That's very dangerous, by the way. Both tactics can cause digestive issues and be dangerous for infants. Want to hear more? This is February 8th. A CNN report on the Internet. Talking about things that were occurring in November, six months ago. With the knowledge of the Department of Agriculture. The Infant Nutrition Council of America, whose members include the largest formula makers, Abbott Nutrition, uh, Rickett Benser, Gerber Products, said manufacturers are working to quickly ensure availability and access to infant formulas. In a statement, the group acknowledged reports of challenges across the supply chains, including impacts on transportation, labor, and logistics. Members of INCA are committed to meeting these needs of families who rely on infant formula. It's their top priority, the group said. Simlac maker Abbott stated it's running its production facilities at full capacity 24-7. It's manufacturing more than we ever have, quote-unquote. We encourage families to purchase only what they need. That may be, but parents of young infants, for whom formula is the only source of their current nutritional needs, don't have the option to wait for supply chain gaps to fill in. And it goes on. A couple things about this. First, I want you to hear from our great leader, Mumbles, I mean, uh, Biden. First, listen to this. Now that you heard that, that news item from February 8th, CNN, and that this goes way back to November and even before, six months. Count one, go. Republicans have said that your administration should have anticipated this baby formula shortage before. Are you satisfied with your administration's response so far? And some of the steps that you and your administration are taking now, including uh, loosening these import uh, requirements next week, should you have taken those steps sooner before parents got to these shelves and, and couldn't find formula? If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. But we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us. And we have to move with caution as well as speed, because we got to make sure what we're getting is, in fact, first-rate product. That's why the FDA has to go through the process. FDA has to go through what process? The period I'm reading about had nothing to do with the FDA. Had nothing to do with a a false alarm about a bacteria in the production of baby formula with Abbott Manufacturing. I'm not saying the illness of the children was a false story. Obviously, two of them died and two of them became very ill. That's a very serious matter. But it wasn't as a result of the production by Abbott. And the FDA is still sitting on Abbott production, and they're the biggest of the bunch. And then I hear my fellow, I don't know whether to call them conservatives anymore, saying the problem is there's only four companies. If there were 4,000 companies and we have the quote-unquote supply chain problem, we'd still have the same issue. And then they are blaming, of course, aid to the Ukrainians. You see, the fact that the Ukrainians want to live and survive and not be subjected to another Holocaust and move by trains, I'm reading today, more and more into prison camps in Russia, that somehow that is impeding our ability to produce baby formula is a sickening bit of propaganda and stupidity. As I say, the more the Russians get their ass kicked, apparently the more the Putin wing of the media, the Republican Party, and even the Democrat Party are getting upset. What will he do if he loses? He's not allowed to lose? These are really appeasers. They're the worst of the worst. But that said, Biden says 
if we'd been better mind readers, first of all, you need a mind to read. Secondly, what does this have to do with mind reading? Now, I just read you a story that CNN produced. How come CNN isn't reminding the American people? How come the other media aren't reminding the American people? This administration has known about this for over six months. Over six months. And we can thank the good Lord that this man wasn't president with these, surrounded by these incompetents when the Wuhan virus broke out. Because let me tell you something. It's a lot more complicated to develop a vaccine in response to a unique virus than it is to produce baby formula. It's a lot more complicated. And there was Biden and the other reprobates with the biggest of spitballs shooting them left and right at Trump and his administration. We don't have masks. We don't have that. We didn't get it. He's got to do this and so forth and so on. But I have a question for you. Where have the media been? Of course, I just read this from CNN back in February, February 8th. How many stories did they do between February 8th and last week? How many stories did the New York Times and the Washington Post do? How about television news, networks, cable? How many stories were done on the disaster of the baby formula shortage? As opposed to, say, racism in America and white supremacy in our classrooms and transgenderism for all and on and on and on. You see, when you don't have a free press that actually follows the news in order to report it to you, they're just supposed to be a pass-through, that's all. They're just supposed to be a pass-through without opinion as best as they can. It harms a nation on matters large and small. You want to know about baby formula? It's too damn bad. The press, the aggregate of the mouthpieces on TV and radio and and writing in their various newspaper articles weren't on top of this in a big way. And as far as Biden with the mind reading... He is overseeing an economic transition that creates shortages or makes what would be shortages that much more problematic. He has a no-growth economic policy. He has a top-down economic policy. And the top-down economic policy and the no-growth economic policy are working. Now, I've said over and over again, the reason Biden and his party do not have answers to these problems is because they created them. And in order to address these problems, they would have to condemn themselves and reverse course. They're not going to do that, are they? So I just wanted to point this out, that other than a few stories here and there early on, The press has let us down again. The corrupt media, too busy chasing Trump, too busy defending Biden, too busy covering up the Hunter Biden laptop. Just imagine how more vital this country would be, safe this country would be, healthy the people this country would be if we had a free press 
as opposed to a bunch of corrupt numbskulls. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, this baby formula thing is a governmental scandal. It really is. Now, of course, Democrats, that is, phony journalists, they won't call it that, but this is a real scandal. And I'm going to prove it to you after the bottom of the hour. So far, what you've I had to do it with Russia collusion. I had to do it with the, you know, the uh, the the eavesdropping on the Trump campaign and Trump administration. I've had to unravel all this stuff. I mean, it's easy. I could be knee jerk here and blame it on the Ukrainian people, as so many of my colleagues do, and I don't get it. And I'll talk about that in another moment. Or uh, I can blame it that there's only four manufacturers and so forth. Wow, there were four manufacturers before who seem to be doing just fine. I mean, don't parrot the left. Don't parrot the left. Don't excuse Biden. Their intervention in our economic system has been destructive of everything they touch. Don't give them excuses by attacking that economic system. Or even worse, attacking the people of Ukraine who are suffering horribly. Well, if you give them support, I mean, why can't we fix the baby formula problem? Uh, what does one have to do with the other? And in fact, the baby formula problem well predates the Russian invasion into Ukraine. It started in actually before November. The invasion into Ukraine was on February 24th. Even if the earliest date you picked that's the latest of the early dates february 8th that's well before the russians invaded ukraine so what is the problem with these people folks it's no secret that americans are more divided than ever and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country no it's over whether america is great at all whether america deserves our love that's why imprimus hillsdale's digest of liberty is so important Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today 
at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillstone, I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Plastic conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. The real problem here, ladies and gentlemen, is the so-called supply chain issue. And this administration has failed to resolve it. And I have to be blunt whether it affects ratings or some people's opinion of me or not. One of the reasons it cannot and will not fix it is it's in bed with the longshoremen's unions on the West Coast. It's in bed with the environmentalists on the West Coast. It's in bed with Newsom on the West Coast. And it's in bed with uh, others. And the effect is those ports are not working 24-7. I read a report that one of the seven at Longport is working 24-7. The other six aren't because of labor issues whether it involves truckers or offloading ships and all the rest of it. So they're not resolving it, and they're not going to resolve it. It's the same with the cost of fuel, which is absolutely skyrocketing. Their base will not allow them to address this in any effective way. They can throw out 9,000 leases all they want. They are not allowing the development and drilling, new development and drilling on leases, they are blocking it. That's what they're doing. Just as they closed down drilling locations in Alaska and in the Gulf of Mexico. That is what they're doing. And that's why Biden calls Venezuela and Saudi Arabia trying to find a way to get fuel into the country without us producing our own fuel. Because the Democrat Party comes first, politics comes first, and their radical kook base definitely comes first. Now, I told you this is a scandal. This baby formula issue is a scandal, and I'm going to prove it to you. Brian Deese was on CNN today talking about the baby formula shortage. He's the economic council director for the Biden administration, the director of his economic council. Let's go to cut five, Mr. Producer. Cut five. Go. Brian, Republicans are saying that the White House didn't really act soon enough here to sound the alarm on this. And so what's your response to that? Look, the administration has been on this from the get-go. A lot of this emanated from a plant in Michigan that was producing formula that didn't meet safety standards. Look, I'm a parent of small kids. Safety is paramount in this place. We don't. We need to have uh, safe, uh, high standards for safety. That plant was shut down on because of those safety concerns. And the day that that recall happened, this administration sent out guidance to every state to update their regulations. We've been working with the manufacturers since that happened. And part of the reason why production has already increased is because of that work. But we're not resting. The president made clear uh, yesterday to uh, to the manufacturers and the retailers that we are going to use every lever at the federal government that we can to help support this supply chain moving more quickly. But the problem wasn't in mid to late February with Abbott Manufacturing and their plant in Michigan and a safety issue. It turns out there was no safety issue. 
And the FDA still hasn't taken their boot off the throat of that company and that plant. It goes back before this, when it was a supply chain issue, as I just read to you from a CNN report. It's been a supply chain issue because they will not fix the supply chain. Because they don't have the political will to fix the supply chain. Because they're bought and paid for by these special interests. That's the problem. It's the problem when it comes to the price of gasoline. It's the problem when it comes to securing the border. All of these radical Marxist front groups that are in fact cobbled together to make what is the modern Democrat Party, not wholly, but in many significant ways. So Brian Deese blames it on the shutting down of a plant, and he is parroted by even friends of mine. Well, we can't just have four plants, and you see what happened. This predates this. This has nothing to do with just having four plants. Nothing. And that one plant's begging to open, waiting for the FDA. But they're concerned about the safety of the children, except, of course, when they're killing them with abortion. But they're concerned about the safety of the children. So they say. Let's take a listen to cut four, Mr. Bidu. The same guy, Brian Deese, Economic Council Director for Biden. Go. Well, as a... As a um uh, as a parent and with friends and, and colleagues, it was we was aware that that people were starting to have uh, trouble uh, in stores. Uh, but we were aware of this uh, from when uh, the FDA had to take its action back in February uh, with uh, Abbott and with uh, the steps in the Michigan facility. But that's not what caused this. The problems began well before. And so now you see this administration cannot stop lying. And the media will not dive deep and investigate. They lied about the Wuhan lab, the media, in order to protect the communist Chinese and attack Donald Trump, in order to protect Fauci and the NIH and all the rest of them, and to attack Donald Trump. They lied about Hunter's laptop, which would have made a huge difference. They lied about Russia collusion. They're not on the border day in and day out reporting about what's taking place there with the fentanyl and the deaths and the and the criminals coming across and terrorists coming across. They're not there. They lie. As they lied, the New York Times about Stalin and the Third Reich and Castro, they lie. They're corrupt. You folks out there, you parents who cannot find baby formula, this dates back over six months. Over six months ago. But they want you to blame Abbott. The Abbott Corporation. They want you to blame ExxonMobil. They want you to blame agribusiness. They want you to blame everybody and anybody, particularly in the private sector, and of course the Republicans. But now we're having an issue with medical equipment supply shortages, ladies and gentlemen. 
medical equipment supply shortages. Even though these major companies in the United States have been ramping up production now, not for weeks, for months. For months. How many investigations is this administration going to unleash? We don't need investigations. We need a pro-growth economic policy that involves, yes, slashing regulations. Yes, slashing taxes. Yes, opening up our lands. Opening up our resources. Tapping into what makes America great, productive, successful, vital, healthy. And it's not big government. For a big government then every third world country would be a first world country, wouldn't it? The answers, as a macro matter, are simple. As a micro matter, not so simple. And that's capitalism. We need more free markets. And then the complex, the complicated, will be resolved to the best extent they can be. They're not going to be resolved in any of those massive 1930s, 1940s looking buildings in Washington, D.C. that line the streets. It's not going to be resolved with civil servants. It's not. It's going to be resolved by your neighbors, by your colleagues, by people you don't know. Working in offices you don't know about. But if you have a party... And part of the Republican Party, too, I might say, that yammers on about America first but really doesn't believe it. If you don't rely on the American people to do what the American people can do, this is what you get. Deflection. Lies. Impoverishment. The idea in the United States of America that we don't have enough baby. uh, Baby food is baby formula, is is just shocking. All of a sudden, the companies that produced it and produced an abundance of all, they can't produce it. Oh, they're profiteering. Oh, it's the fault of Abbott. Oh, we only have four companies. All of a sudden, energy independence. A year ago this time, you were paying a buck fifty for a gallon of gas. Today, it's more like four fifty. And if it's diesel, it's over five fifty. Oh, all of a sudden, the oil companies are colluding and profiteering. Oh, wow. All of a sudden. Just a coincidence who's in the Oval Office and who's running Congress, you see. Just a stupid coincidence. Now, I want to address a side issue. You think Joe Biden is maniacal in the way that he addresses problems? Repetitive with talking points? Have you listened to the Putin wing of the media lately? And the Republican Party and the Democrat Party? Have you noticed every problem is to be measured against trying to help our allies in Ukraine to survive so they're not slaughtered, to prevent mass graves? Mass rapes. And I'm thinking to myself, what is the problem here? Why are people knowingly trying to attach one matter to another and inflame you against the Ukrainian people? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think. 
I think we have a lot of people in radio and TV today and a lot of people in politics who do not have a firm grasp on history. History even 70 or 80 years ago. And don't want to. Who don't have a firm grasp on what Stalin did to 20 or 30 million people, how he slaughtered them, Ukrainians as well as Russians. Who must have turned away when those black and white films were playing about the liberation, the concentration camps in Germany and throughout Europe with the skeletal bodies in the mass graves and the ovens. Who must have turned away even more recently with the films of how Mao Zedong murdered, slaughtered perhaps 50 million of his own people. 50 million. Because I've never heard a more heartless, soulless, mindless, mindless bunch of propagandists and demagogues in my life. I read about them during these, these other genocides. The appeasers, the apologists. Never thought I'd live to see the day when they're in my face. Should Congress have spent or is spending $40 billion to assist Ukraine? I've looked at that bill. A lot of it doesn't go to truly assisting Ukraine. So it should have been slimmed down, maybe to $30 billion, $25 billion. But Mark, what about baby formula? Baby formula? Does anybody believe this administration... And this Congress could fix this issue if we weren't helping people in Ukraine to defend themselves and to survive. One has nothing to do with the other. Nothing. And let me be perfectly blunt with you. When I was behind this microphone, yes, sometimes at the top of my lungs, telling the Republicans to stop spending like drunken Marxists. Because when they controlled part of Congress... And yes, the White House. They spent a fortune. Only to be outdone by the Democrats and Biden. By a lot, but nonetheless. And when 19 of them joined the Democrats, led by the Republican leader McConnell, to spend another trillion in phony infrastructure spending. Who spoke out? Me. Nobody wanted to listen. Just because you can repeat the word MAGA 5,000 times. Or even conservative 5,000 times. So I don't want to hear about this. Every time I see this stuff or hear it, I cringe at the stupidity of the comparison. Well, we don't even manage our own border, let alone what we're going to do with Ukraine. But that's not Ukraine's fault. That's not the fault of the Ukrainian people who are begging for help and are willing to fight for themselves. It's the fault of this administration. So when the Putinoids in our government, in our media, in the press, use every issue that arises in America to trash the Ukrainians and to build up Putin, even though they, I'm not building up Putin, they sure as hell are. They sound just like the radical left. Pathetic. 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Why is it that every person, unfortunately, who passed away while Donald Trump was president from the Wuhan coronavirus was his responsibility? Personal. But every baby who now goes to bed at night hungry because they can't get baby formula. That's the fault of the Abbott Laboratories. And by the way, there was no baby formula contamination. There was a shutdown to see if two babies had passed away and two that were uh, harmed uh, from bacteria, if that was a result of the production of Abbott. And Abbott, which shut down, said, no, it's not. And they're trying to open up. But they're having red tape from the FDA. That's the difference between a Trump presidency and Biden. You think Trump would let the FDA do this? He'd be kicking ass and taking names. That's what he'd be doing. Big difference. Today it's baby formula. I told you, get ready for the brownouts and blackouts. All you people who've bought electric vehicles, good luck. And there'll be shortages. There's going to be shortages of wheat and corn. We already know this. There's going to be shortages of meat. We already know this. Anything that uses fertilizer to grow, most things, they're going to be in great demand. Shortages. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let me see if I can do this off the top of my head. Let's try and list the things that 
have nothing to do with us supporting the Ukrainian people and their defense against the genocidal Putin regime. Let's see if we can do this together, shall we? Our open border has nothing to do with Ukraine. Our baby formula shortage has nothing to do with Ukraine. Our gas prices have nothing to do with Ukraine. Our massive debt has nothing to do with Ukraine. Critical race theory has nothing to do with Ukraine. The imposition of the transgender movement on children has nothing to do with Ukraine. Russia collusion had nothing to do with Ukraine. Our corrupt media is corrupt, having nothing to do with Ukraine. The fentanyl that's pouring over our border and killing tens of thousands of people, including young people, has nothing to do with Ukraine. The war on American cops has nothing to do with Ukraine. The massive increase in crime in the United States, particularly murder, has nothing to do with Ukraine. In other words, everything you've been hearing by the propagandists for Putin, the Putinoids, is a lie. Is a lie. Blaming the Ukrainian people who want to protect themselves. No, you blame Biden and his party and his decisions. Supported by a corrupt media and a corrupt academia and a corrupt entertainment industry. The Ukrainian people have nothing to do with this. Our ability to get them guns and bullets has nothing to do with this. Any of it. The war on our Constitution has nothing to do with Ukraine. The war on the Supreme Court has nothing to do with Ukraine. The war on babies in the womb has nothing to do with Ukraine. That's the American Marxist movement embodied in the Democrat Party. If we can't at least acknowledge who is responsible for weakening this nation from within... If we're going to deflect it to embrace the isolationists, the sellout, the neo-Marxist left, and the phony American first crowd when they're really the American last crowd, then we're never going to be able to resolve these things. All of these things started well before Ukraine was attempting to defend itself. So when people say, or rather than spend money on that, why don't we spend it on our own wall? Because they won't do it. That's why. What are we, three years old? We're up against this same force, this American Marxist movement, really Trotskyites, but nonetheless, embedded in the Democrat Party, embedded in our government, embedded in our media. So if we don't help the poor Ukrainians... To save themselves? Then somehow these other things will get better? This is the stupidity of their argument. Now let me try this. If Putin had run through Ukraine like crap through a goose, 
Where would we be today? What did he say last summer? In his own manifesto. Would Russian troops be in Poland today? How about Romania? How about the Balkan states? Would Xi, the genocidal maniac who runs China, have already invaded Taiwan, knowing that America won't will lift a finger to support its allies, even even supplying with with armaments? What would Xi be doing today? What would Russia be today? Where would Xi be today? I'm just curious. Because the Putinoids, with their hemorrhoids, and they're between their ears, they don't tell us. See, we're the provoc- provoc- uh, creating the provocations. We, the Yanks, the red-blooded Americans, we're doing it. So, these are very schizophrenic ideologues that we're dealing with here. Of the so-called left and the so-called right. They blame Biden for everything, and they blame the Ukrainians for everything. And Ukraine is a corrupt government, did you know? Well, New Jersey has a corrupt government. What does that have to do with anything? The people are trying to survive. And, of course, it's a young democracy. Well, you know, it outlawed the opposition party. Wow, really? And what did we do in the Civil War? Shut down 200 newspapers, threw people in jail, Without habeas corpus? I mean, I can go on and on and on. That's what you do when you're under attack. It's not a pretty sight. And they don't mention the opposition in many respects was in Putin's pocket. These are people trying to survive. Go on the internet. You're now going to see satellite shots of more and more mass graves with thousands and thousands of human beings. You're also going to see camps that have been set up in Russia where there's up to a couple of hundred thousand Ukrainians now. They trucked them off, as Stalin would. It's really shocking to me. I don't care if I and you are the last men and women standing. We're going to stand for what's right. And if you notice, they play victimhood. They always whine. Oh, they don't think we have a First Amendment right. Who's shutting you up? You're yakking away. Who's stopping you? Or they say we're in the back pocket of Putin. Aren't you? And many of these same people, as I said, were critical of President Trump when he took out Soleimani. The mind behind all the attacks on our troops effectively in charge of the Iranian military. And then they got mad at Trump again when he took out Baghdadi. What is it any of our business over there? Just because he's raping an American woman and they're slaughtering people left and right, and just because they're going to reset the Middle East, and and just because the Iranians want to shoot nuclear missiles at us, what does that have to do with us? You see, we're the... People escalating it if we simply defend ourselves. What do we have to do, folks? Wait until our shores are attacked? 
by Russian subs or Chinese subs or whatever it is. Doesn't matter. Do we have to wait? Is that the idea? How stupid is that? Very. But Putin keeps threatening to use nuclear weapons. His mouthpieces, his propaganda center. But I'm not in his back pocket. No, 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 no. So why doesn't he use them? What's he waiting for? I don't understand it. Mr. Producer, what is he waiting for? If he's going to use tactical nukes against Ukraine or against NATO or against us, what is he waiting for? Hmm? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Let me also try and help some of the economic illiterates. The Defense Production Act which basically puts the government in charge of certain private corporations. Typically used during wartime. It was used by Trump during the war on the pandemic. Some people are now saying we should use it to fight, that is, to expand the baby formula. If we're having a supply chain problem, how does that fix it? Supply chain means having difficult getting it from point A to point B. From point A to point B. How does this fix that? How does it get the, the product necessary to make the product that we're talking about? It doesn't do any of that. None of it. And it's one thing to use the Defense Production Act to have people manufacture masks Do you remember how long it took? As brilliant and as efficient as this administration, excuse me, as the prior administration could be, to build ventilators? It's not so easy to switch over assembly lines. So it's not going to result in anything in the near, even near midterm. What we need to do is have less government. Open up the market system. Allow these people to produce their damn baby formula and get all the obstacles out of the way. Whether it's union rules or environmental rules or whatever the damn thing is. Get them out of the way. 
And if the FDA is dragging its feet, push them out of the way, as Trump had to do to get vaccines. Now, we multitask here. You believe in satellite images? Well, it's reported by Fox's Tyler O'Neill and commented on by the great general, General Kellogg of MAGA fame. Satellite images are showing that Maripol, Ukraine, that there's a massive cemetery, a massive mass grave that is expanding as the Russians continue to pound that city. And I only wonder what's happening to the two to three hundred thousand people who are left in that city. Can you imagine, Mr. Producer? How they must be slaughtering them. Well, why should we have them? Our border's open. Oh, I see. And they have their Marines fighting to the death in that steel mill, which is also a, uh, a nuclear bunker. So we have these, uh, these new satellite images show an expansion of a cemetery in the vital port city of Maripol, which the Russians now control, except for the ironworks building. Russian digging of mass graves continues in Maripol in an attempt to cover up war crimes at the Star Kremeski Cemetery on the west edge of the city. The United Nations Human Rights High Commissioner claimed Yesterday, that Russia forces have killed thousands and thousands of Ukrainian civilians in Maripol since the war began. Although the true scale of the atrocities has yet to be revealed. We estimate the civilian death toll in Maripol to lie in the thousands. Only with time will the true scale atrocities, casualties and damage become clear. Said High Commissioner Michelle Bachelet. And I want you to remember... The names in our own country, in the Republican Party and Democrat Party, and on media platforms. I want you to remember, when you eventually see these pictures, which are going to be horrific, when you eventually hear these stories, I want you to remember who supported the Ukrainians and who did not. And in fact, those who gave any comfort to the Russian regime. I want you to remember... Because this is part of history, too. What people wrote, what they said on radio, what they said on TV, I want you to remember who did and who said what. We estimate the civilian death toll in Maripol to lie in the thousands. Only time will the true scale of the atrocities, casualties, and damage become clear. I'm shocked at the scale of the destruction. And the numerous violations of international human rights law and international humanitarian law that have reportedly been committed in that city. And the mayor of Maripol has said, said in mid-April that an estimated 21,000 civilians had been killed. That's shocking. Absolutely shocking. The vast majority of civilian casualties, says the Ukrainian High Commissioner, 
been caused by Russia's insistent use of explosive weapons like heavy artillery, multiple launch rocket systems, missiles and air systems. I can only imagine. You can only imagine. You saw what happened in that very small village outside of their capital. The massive gang raping, the torture, the executions, the random sniper shootings. This is how the Russians fight wars. This is why when Berlin was being taken, the Nazi soldiers actually, many of them, abandoned their posts, hundreds of thousands of them, and sought refuge with the Western Allies. The Russians went through Berlin raping and pillaging. But they've done that in other wars too. And in many other places. So. This is why I call attention to this. All right. The Supreme Court. First of all, we're going to have a fantastic show on Sunday. Not because of me, because of Ken Starr and Mike Lee. Judge Ken Starr, Senator Mike Lee. The discussion will be multifold. I think you'll like it. You'll find it very intelligent, very substantive. And our discussion will be about the Supreme Court on many levels. About the abortion decision that is likely coming. About the reasoning behind it about the history of these decisions from the court, about the leak on the court, about the reaction to the leak on the court, and many other things. So it's going to be very, very important show Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. And the Supreme Court has said that they, uh, they're going to issue a ruling on Monday. And the word is, it will be this ruling. So I hope you'll watch us on Sunday. I'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Boy, we sure miss him, don't we? So Bette Mittler tweets out, and she says, try breastfeeding. 
Now, this is interesting to me, Mr. Budizer. We had the Secretary of Treasury of the same ideology and party as Brett Midler, uh, Bette Midler, say the other day to Senator Tim Scott that basically, you know, abortion helps the job market, right? Well, you can't breastfeed your baby necessarily. There's certain exceptions, obviously. And be full-time working in the job market. Or at least they're, it's much more complicated. You could do it. But you notice how they, they have a situational position on these things. When a woman is a woman and when she's not a woman and you can't define it. When a baby's a baby but not a baby when you can't define it. When a guy's not a guy and a gal's not a gal. When a gal's a guy, a guy's a gal. And the two shall never meet between. Whatever. But let me help out Bette Midler because she is perhaps dumber than a horned toad. I don't even know what the hell a horned toad is. Hey, Bet, you know, uh, there's an awful lot of babies out there who can't be breastfed for a variety of reasons involving allergies and so forth. There's women who can't create enough breast milk to feed a baby or twins or so forth. But that's not the answer, is it? There was some guy at this diner I told you about that I go to. It's a little putz, you know, a little fat slob guy. And uh, I'm sitting at the diner table there, minding my own business, but he's a big mouth. And he says, uh, what did women do before baby formula? So I said to him, I don't know. What did people do before toilet paper? Well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean, what do I mean by that? The issue is, we've had toilet paper shortages too. We're going to have meat shortages. We're going to have all kinds of shortages, electricity shortages. What did man do before electricity? I said, your comment, your comment is a cheap shot. It doesn't address the problem. What do people do before all kinds of conveniences or even necessities? Why are they all of a sudden a problem? Why is production a problem? Why is all of a sudden the supply chain a problem? The supply chain was not a problem right in the teeth of the virus, in the teeth of the virus. Now, they've been talking about a supply chain problem for seven or eight months. Has it been resolved? Apparently not. So now they want you to think, no, it's Abbott Labs. They had contaminated baby uh, formula. No, that's not what happened. No, that's not right. Andrea Mitchell has been around a long time. Her brain has ossified if she ever had one. And by the way, her mother gave her life. That was her decision, right? No, that was compelled by law. In fact, what's interesting to me is all people, pretty much, certainly most, over the age of 60, 65, they owe their lives, 
obviously, to their father and their mother, the birthing mother, as well as the law. There was a period in the not-so-distant past when aborting a child was illegal in many states, if not most. So Andrea Mitchell managed to be born. In other words, I'm making a point. It's very interesting that as a, ra- as a practical matter, as a scientific matter, those who are fighting for abortion t- clearly were not aborted. They're alive. Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC yesterday, who is lying and lying intentionally. And this is part of the problem in this country. This is why you don't know things you should know, whether it's baby formula or the truth about things like Russia collusion and and the Hunter Biden laptop or what's going down on the border and so forth. That's why I spent all of Sunday's show last week on Life, Liberty and Levin going over the New York Times in particular, but there's others. And how they censored, celebrated, distorted the worst happenings during our century. Here's Andrea Mitchell yesterday, and she's talking to Eric Holder. Cut nine, go. And if they care so little about precedent and overruling precedent, what about Brown v. Board of Education? What about other major civil rights rulings? Of the you know, essentially, that's a question that you might have said, well, that's, you're going too far, Andrea. And yet, you think about those Trump judges who, when they were questioned about, is Brown versus the Board of Education a super precedent or something that you would not re-examine, <laughs> they waffled on that. And, and I, that always kind of struck me. I mean, how could you waffle on Brown versus the Board of Education? And well, yet I'm going to tell you how in a minute. Now, this opinion that was leaked specifically says in three places, and it most in detail in one place that I've read to you at least three, four, or five times, that their decision has nothing to do with any other such decision. Not about abortion, but the, the rationales. And Eric Holder knows that too, but he's a liar. And Andrea Mitchell knows it, and she's a liar. The criticism of Brown versus Board of Education is not criticism that Plessy should have been overturned, that a Democrat Supreme Court holding constitutional Democrat separate but equal laws, they're not saying it shouldn't be overturned. They're saying the rationale in Brown versus Board of Education could have been better. And maybe one day I'll get into this in some detail. The decision relies heavily on psychological and psychiatric analysis. It relies heavily on the social sciences, among other things, obviously. The Chief Justice at the time, uh, Warren, wanted to get a, uh, you know, 9-0 decision, which he got, and I'm glad he did. And yet, for many of us, there could have been a much stronger rationale based squarely within the Constitution. Separate but equal violates what, ladies and gentlemen? Let's put it in its simplest terms. 
the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. Why does separate but equal violate the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, apart from all the psychological analysis and everything else? Because of the Equal Protection Clause in both of those amendments. The Equal Protection Clause is in the Fifth Amendment in the Bill of Rights. And in order to underscore its application to the states, the states passed, among other things, an amendment, the 14th Amendment, that contained due process clause, the Equal Protection Clause. They took aspects of the Bill of Rights and made sure that they were applicable to the states. Because back then, not to get too complicated, the Supreme Court had not ruled that the Bill of Rights or the essential aspects of the Bill of Rights are applicable to the states. They came up with a rationale called the Incorporation Doctrine. Well, there was no Incorporation Doctrine after the Civil War. So the states did it the hard way. The states, you know, the states, states' rights. They applied to themselves. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments And among those rights in the 14th Amendment was the equal protection, the equal application of the law. Now, when you have a Plessy versus Ferguson decision that says separate but equal is equal, which is clearly not the case, really, fundamentally, despite all the static and all the rest of it, it was an equal protection clause decision, an equal protection clause case, I should say. And so that's where many critics come down, including me. It's not that we oppose the outcome. It's that we think there could have been a stronger, more constitutionally black and white decision. Not race-wise, you know, print-wise. That equal protection, equal application of the laws applies to the states, cities, villages, counties, towns, Every part of the United States, under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, that's why it was passed. That's why it was passed. That's why, that's why somebody might quote-unquote waffle as Eric Holder puts it, but Eric Holder wants you to believe they are segregationists. That Preck Kavanaugh, Comey, Gorsuch, Thomas of all people, Alito, that they oppose the outcome. They must be segregationists. That's not it in the least, ladies and gentlemen. They're not going to reverse Brown versus Board of Education. There's not even a hint of that. There's not a discussion of that. Nothing they said in this draft opinion, even in a minuscule way, touches on that. These people are liars, and they want to incite anger, and I believe they want to incite violence. And I believe, as I told you before, that's why the media was complicit in the violence during the riots and all that followed therefrom. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. When somebody like Andrea Mitchell, who is utterly discredited in my view, and uses Eric Holder, and they use each other to push a narrative, you need to hit the brakes and say, now, I, I can't imagine that these men support segregation, because they don't. I can't imagine these men would reverse Brown versus Board of Education, because they won't. And yet this is pushed by Andrea Mitchell, and it's pushed by Eric Holder. They don't want to take you on in an honest debate, a debate about how one interprets the Constitution, a debate about abortion itself, the science, the technology, the Constitution, the law. No, they don't want that discussion. And this is what they do. They're a disgusting disgrace. The way they abuse these platforms. Disgusting disgrace. Dr. Oz will be on the program in approximately 30 minutes, we had Dave McCormick on the program. There is another individual in the top three. I believe her name is Barrett. Is that correct, Mr. Producer? Or Barnett. And uh, Barnett. And she's jumped in really fast. And people said, why haven't I endorsed? Because I choose not to. But I will tell you this, I'm not joining the Barnett Parade, even though many of my friends have, Burgess Owens um, and others. And I'll tell you why. She has said so many vitriolic things on social media that I don't think we'll win the seat. Not that we'd win the seat anyway, by the way. Now, I don't want calls about this. We have a big nation out there with a lot of elections going on. I just don't think she'll win the seat. And if she's some great conservative, have you ever heard of her before, Mr. Producer? How about you, Mr. Call Screener? No. But you never heard of her? What has she done that's so conservative? Well, what has Oz done? What's McCormick done? I get it, but I think they can win. And so can the others running in the race, by the way. But this is a problem. So the goal here 
is to win with the most conservative person you can. That's the goal. Not to lose. Now, you might say, but aren't you the guy that says we need to make the case constantly? Yes, but I can't make the case for her. She's got no conservative record. She's made some outstanding speeches. And she's put things on social media that are not unlike what Joy Reid has put on social media, Mr. Producer, about gay people and all the rest of it. So I would be a walking, talking hypocrite if I criticize Joy Reid and then endorse Barnett. So I'm not. I'm doing the opposite. Which means she'll probably win because I don't have a very good record in many cases. But that's not where I would cast my vote. Some people give great speeches. J.D. Vance gives a great speech. I'm still trying to figure out what his record is. And yet if I were in Ohio, I'd vote for him. Because as bad as he is, the Democrats have gone full Marxist. And that's the bottom line. So I'm just concerned that she can't win. And a flash in a pan is a flash in a pan. And that just as I have come on this air and repeatedly exposed Joy Reid for the bigoted things she has said, but more importantly, that she tries to cover up, that she put on social media. I can't now come out and endorse somebody who did some of those similar things. I'm not comparing them as uh, it, it, uh, intellectually. But there's no reason to trash gay people. No reason to trash any people as a group unless they actually deserve it. And the individuals actually deserve it. And you got to fess up to it and explain it. She won't do that. So why get involved in all that? That's my attitude. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, Mr. Producer, some of these producers have been listening to my commentary today and yesterday. Welcome back. This is Mark Levin. 877-381-3811. Again, during the break, I was thinking, so we're having this coming food shortage, which has been predicted, in fact, again, well before um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And yet, Biden keeps blaming the food shortage that's coming on Putin. And the Putinoids in this country, in the media and in the parties, keep blaming Ukraine. So Biden is giving the Putinoids, the isolationists, the pacifists, the McGovernites, call them what you will, an excuse to defend Putin. And the Putinoids are giving Biden a pass in many ways by blaming the Ukrainians. It's very perverse out there. Mentally, it's not even gymnastics. 
It's like we're in the padded stupid room. The padded stupid room. We're going to have food shortages, which have been predicted now for months. And we're going to have them in part because of what Biden did to our energy infrastructure. Because we need fertilizer. We need diesel fuel. We need assembly lines. We need trucks to move stuff. And on and on and on. They're all interrelated. And the supply line, of course. It's nothing to do with Russia or Ukraine. So Biden and the Putinoids are full of you-know-what. Full of you-know-what. But what can I tell you? Can't repeat it again. There's a piece in The Federalist, which seems to have gone all George McGovern when it comes to foreign policy. What am I? I can't control it. You know, it's the way it is. Corporate media celebrates the exponential rise of transgender craze that helped create the very good article by Casey Chalk, which came out uh, today. Now, here's the thing. I discussed this at some level the other night. And what I said is the media are not just the mouthpieces of the American Marxist movements. The media are part of it. The media are immersed in it. Most of these people graduated from the same schools as the politicians that they like. In other words, the same indoctrination, not the same exact schools. I'm talking about the same ideological type of education. So some of them went into media. Some of them went into politics. Some of them went into the bureaucracy. Some of them went into teaching and on and on and on. And so it's a very good piece because what Casey points out is that all of a sudden we have this huge rise in people who identify as transgender. According to a Gallup poll released earlier this year, the percentage of American adults self-identifying as something other than heterosexual has increased to 7.1%, double the percentage from 2012 when Gallup first measured the statistics. Almost 21% of Generation Z, young adults born between 1997 and 2003, identify as LGBT. When compared to the baby boomer generation, the percentage of Americans identifying as transgender has, written, has risen 20-fold, as Ross Dutat recently observed in the New York Times. Plenty of outlets reported on this remarkable development. The tenor of corporate media commentary has been widely celebrated. Surely this must mean that people finally feel comfortable truly inhabiting their own skin. What we are witnessing, they say, is the flowering of trans life. And it is really, is it really that simple? In truth, the media have been aggressively fueling the trans craze for years. When Laverne Cox became the first transgender person to appear on the cover of Time magazine, it attracted extensive national media coverage. Indeed, Cox was also the first transgender person to appear on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine and Glamour, named Cox Woman of the Year. So many words that it can screw up royally there, Mr. Producer. Bruce Jenner, the following year, announced on 2020's new trans image under the name Caitlin. The interview received 20.7 million viewers. 
making it television's highest ever rated news magazine telegast among adults 18 to 49 and adults 25 to 54. Jenner appeared on the cover of Vanity Fair, won the Social Media Queen Award at the Teen Choice Awards and was named one of Glamour 25 Women of the Year. In short, the entire journalistic profession pushed trans ideology. In March 2017, the AP changed its style book, embracing they as a singular, gender-neutral pronoun. The Washington Post began running regular public interest pro-trans stories, often on the front page. Although the Holocaust never really made it there. Since 2014, the Washington Post alone has run approximately 1,160 articles and opinions on transgenderism. No obsession there. It has run only 597 articles or opinions on Native Americans during the same time period. Over that same time period, the New York Slimes numbers are even higher at almost 8,000 unreservedly positive news stories and opinion pieces on transgenderism. Meanwhile, Casey points out they've been silencing alternative views. Corporate media have recently permitted only a select group of persons to express heavily caveated concerns about this massive social shift. In April, the Washington Post featured an op-ed by trans person Corinna Khan, who was given the freedom to explain that the destruction of his privates introduced a different type of bondage, and that since his surgery, he's become a medical patient and will remain one for the rest of his life. Washington Post even gave him permission to bemoan the distorting influences of social media on teenagers and how readily authority figures facilitate transition. Missing so far in the media is patently biased and circumscribed. I said careful with the words. Willingness to acknowledge that perhaps this is more than just the utopian realization of the sexual revolution. It's an admission of their complicity in facilitating this reality. Social pressure works. Media propaganda work. And now all of a sudden, more and more people identify with the LGBT. I don't even know what to call it. The anything goes crowd. And everything goes crowd. When we return, Dr. Oz, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The Department of Justice, or as I like to call it, the Department of Injustice, has opened a grand jury investigation into the handling of the documents at the end of the Trump administration. Now, this is amazing. This is shocking. Now, it's not shocking anymore, is it? It's just disgusting. Here you have Hillary Clinton with emails galore. A separate email server in order to avoid federal law when it comes to how you handle government property. And it included classified information on a couple of those communications. So she violated that aspect of it too. 
I don't remember a federal grand jury being impaneled to investigate Hillary Clinton. Does anybody else? The Department of Justice has opened a grand jury investigation related to former President Trump's alleged mishandling of classified documents. Following the revelation in February that he had brought boxes of documents home to his Mar-a-Lago estate when he left the White House. Now, that's not how this works. He didn't bring boxes home. That means boxes were transported to Mar-a-Lago. You don't need a federal grand jury criminal investigation to determine the status of these documents. Remember that guy who worked for Clinton who, uh, who went into the, I think it was the National Archives, Mr. Producer, and shoved uh, uh, classified information into his underwear or into his socks and walked off. Remember that? I think he got hit with a misdemeanor or something. Remember that? <laughs> What's that guy? It wasn't named Burger? Something Burger? At least one subpoena. Sandy Burger. That's it. At least one subpoena has been issued to the National Archives, and interview requests have been made to former aides who were with Trump. You know, this, this poor man, Donald Trump, and his administration, are they still under investigation like never before? The hack who should be disbarred, the so-called Attorney General of uh, New York in Albany, has announced that her investigation is almost over. Wow, gee, I bet that was tough. I bet that was tough. And then, of course, they've impaneled a grand jury in a Democrat area of Georgia to investigate former President Trump's conversation with the Secretary of State. And, of course, they have an investigation ongoing in Manhattan under a Democrat there And then, of course, we have the January 6th fiasco. That crowd, the committee, which is truly bizarre. And they're going to have public hearings, ladies and gentlemen, eight or nine of them during the summer of June. They're not going to have public hearings on the border. They're not going to have public hearings on food shortages, including baby formula. They're not going to have public hearings on the price of gasoline and inflation. They're not going to have public hearings on the price of meat or any of that stuff. No, no, no. They're going to have public hearings on Republicans. On Republicans. That's basically what they're doing. I would be, I would be curious to know, have they subpoenaed a single Democrat? All right, Dr. Oz, you're with us, sir. I am. I'm sorry. I was juggling patient issues and I got lazy. <laughs> All right, it's not a problem. You're juggling patient issues, so you still have patients. Well, I have relatives that have health problems, so I was calling. Oh, I'm sorry. Strike of time. All mistake. right, that's perfectly okay. All right, Doctor Oz, it's very, very tight in Pennsylvania. What are, at least on this program, your final comments to encourage as many as many Pennsylvanians who can vote for you in the Republican primary, as opposed to some of your opponents there? Well, let me quote President Trump. When he endorsed me, he was very specific in the words that he included in the announcement. He wrote the announcement himself. He said I was smart, tough, and would never let you down. And I use those phrases uh, now because I think that defines exactly what I'll be when I'm representing the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Smart enough to understand the issues, and I'll cover a few. 
uh, tough enough to not wilt in the face of withering attacks from woke media or other groups that don't like what my stances and the appropriate stances represent Pennsylvania and the country. And, and when you go to bed at night and put your head down that pillow, you'll know that I will never let you down because I'll do the right mm-hmm. thing even when you're not watching me. And very focusedly for me are two issues. One, there's some social issues that I'm passionate about. Uh, there's been $35 million of advertising run at me, so sometimes these can get clouded. Uh, but very clearly, I'm pro-life. As a heart surgeon, that might be expected. I've operated on little babies and wouldn't want them hurt in that sacred heart. Wouldn't want them to be hurt nine months earlier with a, at conception either. Uh, I'm strongly in favor of the Second Amendment. Every law-abiding American citizen should be allowed to buy the, and own the gun of their choice. Uh, the NRA gave me their highest grade for a non-elected official. And even Ted Nugent uh, has endorsed me uh, with a great passion for that. I'm strong on energy, believing that our passion in Pennsylvania for energy would actually help the entire country. Not only does it help our local economy, but it would, without doubt, uh, affect inflation more than any other action that Biden could take. And with a lot less pain that he'll be causing us with his other maneuvers. Uh, and I've been endorsed by uh, people ranging from Rick Perry, energy secretary, to the father of the modern energy renaissance, Harold Hamm, along those lines. But at a large, at a high level, the reason that Pennsylvanians should want me in the Senate is I have a bold, loud voice that can articulate the issues that have to be heard nationally. And uh, I know that when you walk into a culture war knife fight, which is what Democrats bring to knife fights, uh, you can't We're going to have to take a quick break. Don't hang up. I do find it interesting that some media figures, even media figures I've known a long time who are not from Pennsylvania, uh, are so hostile to you and claim they know what you think and believe and what Pennsylvanians want. I'm sure that's a bit irritating. We'll be right back with Dr. Oz. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Now, Dr. Oz, there's a lot of people out there who uh, who are attacking you. Um, and they're attacking you, and these are people who've probably never spoken to you before. People who don't know you, I suppose. Are you finding that a lot of these attacks, particularly from the media, even conservative media, are from people who don't take the time to sit down with you and go over your views or if you've changed your views or anything of that sort? Invariably. And it's not an accident. And this is politics, as you know. And some of these folks are paid hacks. Some of them are wise, thoughtful people, but they fall uh, for the head fake of the advertising junkets that are run against me. 
I said, I'm an outsider. I, I always have been in my practice of medicine. I'm a heart surgery. Uh, organized medicine would get mad at me because I didn't always do what they wanted me to do. I invented devices that fixed heart valves that you didn't have to open the chest for. You know, that bothers some people. It's just not you know, the usual way of doing things. On my show, I had to go to war with big pharma, big agrochemical companies. I took on the big tech guys. And, you know, I've got 13 million people on social media. So it's not, for, you know, not a nice experience when a major client have, you know, is, you know, or supplier of social media is at war with me, but you got to do it for your viewers. And I'll do the same mm-hmm. thing for my voters. The biggest battle I ever had, by the way, is with the U.S. government. And they know how to fight dirty. They work with industry, with the heads of companies. That's you know, mm-hmm. effectively totalitarian reactions to things when you pick fights with them. But you got to do what's right for your people. And so I'm a porcupine. I've never mind mixing it up. It doesn't really bother me when people get upset with me. because I oh, And as I tell my team this on the, on the campaign, we make mistakes and sometimes people get upset at us. And I say, listen, in my day job, before I started this as a heart surgeon, when I made mistakes, people would die. So mm-hmm. the mistakes that you're talking about here, disagreements are small potatoes compared to how we battle it out when there's a life at risk. And I'm also blessed to have wonderful friends like you and our mutual friend, Sean Hannity. Ben Carson came to my defense when they were attacking me for not being pro-life because I know Ben and his wife, Candy, and they knew that wasn't true. Uh, Ted Nugent, I mentioned, supported me on guns. Rick Perry supported me on energy. Uh, Ryan Zink came in. I had lots of people, a bunch of the Pennsylvania congressional delegation endorsed me, including Guy Reschenthaler, because they knew that I would just represent the values, the core purpose of, of Pennsylvania as, you know, as a state dedicated to freedom of heritage and religion. And I would take that to the Senate and, and, and be a bold voice for us. So I feel well supported. These tight, tight polls. Um, how do you try and reach the 18, 20, whatever it is? Okay, there we go. We'll have to call him back, ladies and gentlemen. It is our nightly call cutoff. I have an idea what's going on here. I don't think this is an accident. I think there's an engineer somewhere out there, Mr. Producer, who's screwing with us. And hopefully we'll be able to track the person down. I don't know. But it happens virtually every night this time. Maybe we'll change the interview time, Mr. Producer. Trying to get about... So I apologize for that, Dr. Oz. Join the club. Every guest we've had on for the last month has been cut off at this time. We don't know why, but I think I know why. Anyway, um, you, you've got to reach this 18 or 20 percent out there who haven't made up their minds or persuade some of these people to move over toward you. Uh, how do you do that with uh, you, you? You don't have the most money and uh, you're not getting the most publicity. Now this candidate Barnett is. So it makes it tough, I guess. Well, it's always good to start with a lead, and I have a lead. Uh, we've got a 2% lead, two-point lead in this race, and I can nurse that to the finish line. What people don't often appreciate in primaries is what really wins a primary is a very dedicated base that you can't get pulled away from, that will not be dissuaded from supporting you. And these are people who like you and with a very, very high conversion rate to voting. And I have that. Now, I have it for two reasons. To begin with, I was well known to a lot of people because I've been in your living room, which was President Trump says your bedrooms for 13 years in a row, but every day. But the other reason is because President Trump endorsed me. 
So he has his core constituency, and they're not going to change their mind because there are fake ads running against me or other issues happen. So I have a very powerful core group of people that aren't going anywhere. And if they just stay with me, I'm in pretty good shape. And there are competitors, and they're going to have their own angles. But uh, I'm quite confident, uh, both in the fact that uh, Ms. Barnett is now peaked and actually having issues because every time she tries to answer a question, she raises more questions, uh, one after another, with you know, homophobic and, uh, and Islamophobic tweets and comments about building a statue for Obama next to, to President Lincoln. At the same time, she's attacking President Washington, his founding father. These issues, when you and they're on tape, so people are getting upset about it and pushing her to, to answer even more questions that are not being clearly identified because she's not been well vetted. Uh, other candidates have been vetted, but they're locked into the positions they're in. So I feel pretty good about Tuesday. The key, though, for me is to continue to articulate exactly what I will do to help Pennsylvania and why it matters to our country. Because I, the average Pennsylvania voter is a shrewd individual who wants to know exactly what you will do with them. And, and will you actually fight for what you say? And there are ways of testing that. Your track record, for example, and as I pointed out, I fought on the, the big stage of network television for years uh, I've got the scars to prove it, and I cannot be bought. And that means a lot to folks. They know that I gave up a show and the safety of the operating room, which is, by the way, Mark, a very safe place if you're not the patient. And yeah, they, exactly. they know that <laughs> I know I did that because I'm passionate about uh, serving uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But they've also seen me for six months, work my tail off, stay on message, try to help in any way possible to make sure that, that we're clear on where we're going forward. This is not about complaining about why Washington's getting it wrong. This is about understanding that they're getting it wrong because they don't share our values or understand or even care about our values. And that if they understood why, as constitutionalists, we're so passionate about this beautiful document, 250 years old, then they actually would be leading us much better. How else can you explain the fact that the only thing Joe Biden's building back better is the Republican Party? I mean, everything mm -hmm. he's touching is destroyed. Why did you decide to give up your rather, you know, a lucrative career, your fame and so forth in order to jump into a Republican primary? That's that's as difficult as it is. I've always taken the sort of long uh, look at issues and said, what will I be happy I did at the end of my life? It's a very effective way of making sure you make ethical and thoughtful decisions instead of hiding like so many of us can, behind excuses. And as I got to COVID, I began to realize more and more that the authoritarian one-size-fits-all government overreach that we were witnessing was not just in COVID. It was actually present in energy policy and foolish uh, maneuverings around our school system and the inability to deal with the poorest cartel-run border and the, the failure to deal with the Chinese cheating. All these were issues that bothered me enough that I thought, my goodness, if I – live my life, make it a, and I, I made a really good living, Mark. I mean, it's, it's, it's lucrative to do what you and I do. But if at the end of our lives, you look back and say, gosh, I, I could have I done something about that. I could have helped my country that's made my life so beautiful and, and so feasible to do the things that I could never have imagined as a little boy. And if I didn't do something to make that possible for other children who are desiring and aspiring to the same goals I have, then shame on me. And I'd rather do it now, make the move, uh, and serve my nation, and I'll continue to serve in whatever capacity. If I'm uh, lucky enough to win the primary, which is, you know I'm favored to do on on Tuesday, then fantastic. I'll continue to serve by my you know, empowering my my candidacy for the United States Senate this fall. In, in other capacities, I can serve too, volunteer. But I will do things to make sure that I bring light to this world, 
And I'll probably be able to say that, you know, 25 years from now when my last breath is being inhaled deeply into my lungs. Here's what I find perplexing in the couple minutes we have left. If you were, in fact, pro-choice, pro-open borders, pro-transgenderism in our schools, in other words, if you are, in fact, what people try to paint you as, wouldn't you have run in the Democrat primary instead of the Republican primary? It would have been a lot easier. But let me share a secret with you that a political operative told me in the very, very beginning. He said, the ads they will make about you will be lies. And I said, why would they bother? You know, I've done so many things in my life. Just pick some of the things I didn't do right and make ads about those. And he waved his hand. And he very, he was a very wise guy said, no, 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 no. They're going to be lies because if they were true, you would have never run. So all the things you mentioned are clearly what you would target because you can paint me as the character in the play that you desire me to be. So make up things about me that if they were true, you couldn't run. They will, I'm, in my lifetime, never be a Republican candidate for Senate in Pennsylvania who's not pro-life. Every single Republican Senate candidate is going to be pro-Second Amendment and strongly so. They're all going to, like me, feel strongly about transgender issues because we don't want to indoctrinate our children. As a scientist in particular, I know that 85% of kids will go back, who say they're transgender, will go back to their biologic gender to get out of the way, just love them and leave them alone. And these are the kinds of observations that I've, I've made in my show on the campaign show, but the ads will say the opposite for the very clear reason I articulated, because they're so heinous to a primary voter, you'd, you'd never be able to vote for them. Today, I was about to go on a Fox News show, um, a Martha McCollum show, and just as it started, she said, breaking news, the Philadelphia Inquirer, they've decided about the endorsement process in Pennsylvania for the Senate. And I might think my heart jumped. You know, I was really worried about it. And she said, they've decided to endorse nobody. Hmm. <sighs> I exhaled. I said, you know, that's good news because anyone that they would have endorsed would have had to drop out of the race. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no way. it's the worst yeah. newspaper in America. I can tell you that myself. It's, I, 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 it's true, truly a badge of honor not to be endorsed by them. But that's why these fake ads are crafted, which is why as a candidate, you have to continue to reinforce, as challenging as it might be, not what those lies are, because the people writing the ads know their lies, too. It's what the people right in front of you are, are, are waiting for, which is how are you going to lift their, their burden? And in television, I would always say our job is to bring light to people. Literally, you're bringing light, right? That's the, the, the actual physics of television. But right. you're lightening their load and then lightening with information. And I have to go. I, I have to go. If people want to find out where to vote, how to help, so forth, where do they go? DrOz.com has all the information. And I, I ask you, if you're one of the many people out there who are sympathetic to my thoughts, vote and bring a friend with you. God bless you, Mark, for having me on. All right, Dr. Oz, take care of yourself. I've never understood the argument that he's a big-time liberal Democrat. You're going to run, then. You'd run in the Democrat primary if you're him. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. For some reason, the 10 p.m.er has a real hate on for Oz. I don't hate Oz. I don't hate McCormick. I think they're both terrific men. I don't really hate any of these candidates. But there's something going on with the 10 p.m.er. I'm a Pennsylvanian. 10 p.m.er is not a Pennsylvanian. But some people, because they have a camera in their face, actually think they know 
what's best for you without actually inquiring into it. Sounds like a perfectly nice guy. Sounds like a perfectly legitimate conservative. No reason to tear the guy down, I don't think. Do you, Mr. Producer? And yet these people get these platforms. They think they're so smart. 10 p.m. or has a cork up her nose over this. I don't know what the problem is. Folks, please don't forget. Very, very important show Sunday. I know you always come away from the show, I hope. Really impressed with our guests and the substance that we discuss. That's what people tell me. The show is different than other shows. We don't have a conga line of guests running through. One or two guests. We take deep dives. I ask questions and I get out of the way. That's the way we do it. And that's what makes it unique. And that's what makes it the number one primetime show on Sunday nights. Actually on the weekend. On Fox. And so uh, I hope you'll join us. And don't forget, there is early voting in a lot of these states, including my home state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Every Friday, in your honor, America, here we go.
Folks, don't forget, please, 8 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday, if you're not going to be able to watch it or there's something else going on, go ahead and schedule it on your DVR, your recorder right now, so you don't forget. You're going to love the show. Ken Starr and Senator Mike Lee. This week is officially over. The weekend officially starts now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, and our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Smokey and Gigi and Indian little Barney. And Dad, Mom, Leo, and Joe. God bless. You.